0: Let out the peace. Let
1: him out. Let him out.
0: Welcome, I'm Sam Mays, and on today's Sooner Edition of the Sam Mays Podcast, we've got Mr. West Sims former Oklahoma all-American and mr. John Hoover who is the publisher of SI Sooners. John how are you
2: yeah doing great Sam thanks for uh, thanks for having us on man
0: yeah I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation obviously the last uh, several days have been insanity I'm sitting here trying to take some notes as far as what we're going to talk about on this podcast today and just kind of you know list some things off and I got as far as Riley leaves, and then I just wrote, All Hell Breaks Loose. And that's really, really Correct. kind of the best way to describe this, isn't it?
2: Thumbs it up perfectly. All Hell Has Broken Loose.
0: I mean, we're, we're talking about an Oklahoma Sooners football team that started this season as a uh, a preseason favorite to compete for a national championship. We're talking about a, a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback and Spencer Rattler returning. Uh, the season goes on and things change a little bit, but Caleb Williams takes the helm and still everything a possibility for Oklahoma. And then over the last several weeks, things just started to change a little bit, right? So obviously, they dropped that game uh, to Baylor, and I, there's a lot of people that would tell you, Preparation didn't look great. All of a sudden, the coaching staff feels a little bit different and weird. Lincoln Riley, I think you use the term, John, on our radio show. Uh, everybody's kind of been on eggshells, right? It just seemed like a little bit off. And here we are today uh, looking at this last couple of days thinking, wow, how the world has changed. As Lincoln Riley is now the head coach of the USC Trojans. And we have to ask the question, when did this whole thing go down and was the eggshells that John was talking about, and the awkwardness in preparation, and the way the football team looked, was a lot of that due to distraction? Was the head coach already gone mentally in regards to the the, uh, the OU job?
2: Yeah, it's a good question, Sam. I think I think it's pretty well accepted that this Oklahoma team's preparation has been uh, all over the all over the place this year. Uh, sometimes they come out and they look really good. Sometimes they come out and you're wondering if this is the same OU team and they have not played complimentary football all season. There seems to have been some kind of disconnect between the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, the head coach and the defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch. It's just been one thing after another. And you you can't rely on anything of this team uh, in 2021. Next thing you know, Lincoln Riley skips out on one of his media obligations and this isn't some favor that he does for the media. This is in his contract. This is the big part of his contract, the personal services representing the university of Oklahoma at these press conferences. This is the part that he gets paid $4 million for, you know, uh, the rest of it is, is a four, four and a half million, whatever that number is. The rest of it is, is for salary and things like that. But listen, when you're, when you got a coach that's skipping out on, on, you know, media and fundraising and publicity uh, obligations like that, you know something's up. And turns out something really big is up. Um, The Los Angeles Times reported that he's been, that USC has been kind of in contact with him and his representatives since basically the entire season, since they let Clay Helton go back in the second week of September. So, man, um, there's been some disconnect on this team, and I think now we understand why.
1: Yeah, I think it I think it all makes sense when you put the timeline together and and the trajectory that OU was on and then just kind of the 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 level out and the and the planning of it all. Um it it all starts to to make a little more sense and and but the fact that uh like when Josie said uh was it Saturday that they said they were contacted by USC to talk to Lincoln um you know, it all it raises a lot of flags. I mean, if that was his intention early on, um if he would have came out and been honest with it, uh, you know, that, that would have been something different. We could have had different expectations all around. But if he wasn't putting his full effort into this team, um, then I I don't know why you wouldn't just go ahead and do it earlier.
0: Yeah, this this is something that happens to... Uh, Oklahoma State because it did happen to Oklahoma State right Right. this is something that happens to Tulsa this is something that happens to uh, Arkansas right it doesn't happen to Oklahoma and I wonder how much of you know the fan base's outrage is also like we we shouldn't feel this way right we're one of the five diamonds of, of college football history the this program's you know stories are renown across the nation as far as college football is concerned. And here they sit, you know, looking a little bit scorned uh, by this guy from Muleshoe, Texas, who was formerly coaching at East Carolina, right, who happened to get a job under his mentor Bob Stoops and has been elevated and given the opportunity to become a great coach at this incredible institution. He should be thankful. And I think a lot of people feel like how dare Lincoln Riley – do this to the Sooners.
2: Yeah, Sam it's been since 1946. That's even before I was born, Sam, that a that a coach has, has left the University of Oklahoma for another college job and it's been since 1973 since a coach left for even an NFL job, a head coach. So uh, there's been an incredible amount of stability since Bob Stoops took over and Bob here's the deal, Bob handpicked Lincoln Riley and you can tell from the press, the press conference on Monday, you can tell from Bob's words, choice of words, a little bit of body language, you can tell that he was not overly thrilled, even though he took the high road and said, that's between me and Lincoln, what we said, you know, our interaction. I think you could tell that he was pretty perturbed about the guy that he picked to replace him after 18 years. Uh, here, here Lincoln Riley takes off after f- less than five years. And I I think that didn't sit well with Bob. Uh, Bob is all about loyalty, man. He's all about loyalty. Wes, you know this. There's there's very little on his list that's higher than that. And to see Lincoln just say, okay, I didn't get my way, so I'm going to USC uh, for whatever the number of causes might be, I think that really disappointed Bob. Yeah, you could
1: anybody that spent any time around Bob, you could one hundred percent tell the when he walked into the press conference, he, he he was kind of the the Bob that we've all got to know here here lately, um, keeping it light and very happy. And and as soon as somebody asked him about that, you could you could hear the, uh, I mean the I I don't know what you'd call it. I guess the enthusiasm in his voice pick up um, when somebody asked him about Lincoln and the way he was talking. Uh, He kind of had that little bit of tremble in his voice, like when he gets excited, like maybe at a pregame speech or something like that. So you could definitely tell there was there was some anxiety there and some uh, emotions. And uh, I I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but probably some anger. Uh, I think his face got a little bit red. But man, after that, I think he really knocked it out of the park.
0: You know, it's John, you've made several comments on air uh, about just the way that the media access has been in Oklahoma now uh, for a while, right? You call, I think you call it sterile is the term that you use. You know, I, I think we, a lot of us feel duped. You know, I, I personally feel a little bit duped. Like, I never really liked Lincoln Riley from a, like, he's just not my type of football coach. I was coached by Les Miles, Bob Stoops is from my hometown. Like, I like a different type of more aggressive guy. Uh, Lincoln always kind of gave me a little bit of a softer vibe, and it's just not my my cup of tea. Um, but do, do you feel like – I feel like I would have never thought that he was capable of the things that have happened here in the last 48 hours, right? Like, I I never thought he was not a stand-up guy, and I think that's probably the frustrating part is we just haven't got a chance to get to know him on that level to even see this coming. Like, you want to talk about the ultimate just right sneak
2: attack, Right. Yeah, it's a sneak attack, Sam, for sure, and I think it, it caught us all by surprise. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But you know, there's there's a lot of us in the media who have long defended Lincoln um, as being more of an old school old school guy. You know, his his visor that he wears on game days has the initial BB on it for Donnie Duncan, his his uh, main mentor, I guess, in life and coaching. And Donnie was an old school guy, coached for Coach Switzer, you know. Um, this is a guy in Lincoln Riley who had old school values and, and wanted people wa- wanted his players to behave a certain way and act a certain way and treat people a certain way. You had to respect that. Uh, it, but ultimately when you, when you look at his tenure at Oklahoma, you know, again, big picture, let's, let's examine all five years at once. You had as a head coach, you had a Heisman trophy winner, and then you had another Heisman trophy winner and you had a couple of number one picks and, then you get a transfer quarterback, and you know the first three seasons were pretty good—twelve and 12 and, two, 12, and two, 12 and two. But then, you know, a bit of adversity last year—a lot of adversity last year—the pandemic, the strikes, the team is uh, hot and cold, the schedules on and off, and they lose their first two games of the season. They've got a five who needs time to grow, right? Then, you know, they lost—they lost two games for the first time in twenty-three years, whatever it was—twenty-two years. Uh, then the following year, this year, they're picked at number one, not not consensus, but they're certainly a popular pick to go number one. And they, they go 10-2 and two and lose two conference games back-to-back years for the first time since 2013-2014. You're thinking, wait a minute, is this program going in the right direction? You know, I was, was going to ask that question. I was going to ask Lincoln that question the next time I saw him. Uh, in the five-year scope. Is this program going in the right direction? looks like you're taking some steps back. You didn't even make the championship game this year in your own conference. At least last year, 9-2, you won the conference. That didn't happen this year. And so you have to ask, did it go in the right direction? Was he given the keys to a Ferrari and he basically ran it into the ground? You have to ask that question.
1: Right. I mean, uh, from the outside looking in, watching Lincoln, he just seems like a a good old-school hard-nosed coach. But he seemed like on the outside, uh, you know, away from ball, he just seemed like a good, nice family guy that kept everything pretty quiet. So nobody would really expect anything like this. But as far as what he did uh, with the program lately, I mean, when, when he took over, I thought he was a great guy for the job. But, I mean, we've got two number one quarterbacks that didn't, you know, the first one didn't really progress from year one to year two, and the second one didn't really progress throughout the year which I also thought was kind of interesting out of – I mean, the last game he he looked a lot better, but at the same time, our defense, I think we all kind of knew in the back of our minds that Grinch was going to be a transitional coach. He was going to come here for a little while, get us going a little bit in the right direction like he did, and then I think we all thought he was going to leave somewhere and then we were going to get somebody maybe a little more – uh, set in stone back there, get some bigger players in, a little more SEC-ready defense. I mean, that's kind of how I pictured it going anyway. So I'm kind of excited about about it all and the direction it's going because before I – honestly, I wasn't too excited in the back of my mind. We've seen that offense go against the SEC defenses and not a lot of success lately. So I'm all for getting a little more hard, hard-nosed program back underneath us, a little more defense-heavy and – uh you know, I'm, I'm excited about the offensive things, too. We got a lot of weapons there and, and a lot of it's going to attract some offensive minded people. Um, but I'm also excited about getting a little bit of defense back in here, too. You
0: yeah, know, we, we've got a uh, the, the Roy Manning situation was one that broke uh, what last night. John, is that something we were talking about going to the bed or was it just this morning? I think it was last yeah. night. And, yeah, uh, I wrote,
2: wrote the story last night and I had it posted this morning, so uh, it's pretty crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, so Coach, coach Manning apparently out uh, recruiting with Coach Stoops uh, for the University of Oklahoma, but at the same time, he's making contact with other recruits in regards to the USC uh, position. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you've got a, you've got a coach that's recruiting for two, two different schools, and the first thing you want to do is, is look at Lincoln Riley and think, I'd love the Trojan horse conversations that we're having all over Twitter right. last night uh did he did he do this but I, I don't think that he did I in my opinion I think what this is is Roy Manning trying to make a decision uh, on what he was going to do and maybe Riley coming in later you know and offering a position and then he found himself kind of doing both um regardless uh, it's a recruiting violation clearly right uh, and and I don't know uh John what's going to happen next with this but do you feel like maybe Riley's uh, introduction into that job is going to be a little bit more turbulent because of the situation that's unfolding in front of us today
2: I mean USD knows what it's like to be on probation do they not? No doubt <laughs> That's. Um, I, I don't think I'm with you, I don't think it's anything where Lincoln said hey I need you to do this I just think what probably again probably happened, I underscore that I don't know that this to be fact but uh, I think at some point Roy Manning probably got the job offer from Lincoln and knows who's who on the West Coast and went out, uh, gave, made some phone calls to some kids out there and said, man, I'm going to be coaching at USD. Can't wait to have you come play for me. Meanwhile, Bob Stoops is knocking on the door going, let's go. we got to get there some recruits in Tulsa. got some DBs up in Broken Arrow we got to get to.
0: Your Bob Stoops voice is so good.
2: He (laughs) he runs and picks, uh, goes and does the recruiting thing for Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. So the violation is simply if you're on staff at Oklahoma, you can't represent yourself as a recruiter for anywhere else, including USC. So there might be a little, might be a little, if uh, OU compliance wants to put the hammer down on them and, you know, play by the rules, which I I think in this case they would, uh, there might be a little uh, NCAA, infraction coming down on USC before Lincoln Riley even gets started.
0: We've got uh transfer portal, just a buzz, right? We've lost Austin Stogner, Jaden Hazelwood, Spencer Rattler is gone. Who else do we have? I was on that list. The The Weiss is, is out. And I think that there's an expectation that there will be more uh, Sooners hit the transfer portal uh, here over the next several hours and several days uh guys how important is it to you that oklahoma hires a football coach immediately like what is the time frame here because it just seems like this incredible university this great football program is just on the national stage on its back bleeding out right now and they've got to do something to stop that bleeding right
2: right Yeah, i think so sam um sooner than later would be better for oklahoma uh you want to make the right hire. You want to get get a guy that's maybe going to be here for a generation, 10 years, you know, that kind of thing. You don't want to just hire a guy who's going to be gone in four or five years again. But you got to get somebody to come in and stabilize uh, the guys who are in the in the portal. One of them actually said he looks forward to continuing his career at another school. But the rest of them are just, you know, in the portal, meaning they can come back if they want to. So it sounds like sounds like everybody wants to leave doesn't mean they have to leave right away. Uh, there's, unless they of course sign with a a new school, but, uh, the the same thing with the recruiting, man, you, you're losing, uh, 20, the the heart and soul of your 2022 and your 2023 recruiting class. Lincoln's been real busy building a class that he thinks can compete in the SEC over the last at least six months. He's been building that class. Uh, you know, get guys like Gabe Dindy, the big defensive lineman from Florida, you pull him out of, of uh, SEC country to put him in Norman, Oklahoma, so he can go play against the SEC. Well, what's his motivation now? You know, if, uh, if he's not playing for Lincoln Riley, he's going to play for a team that doesn't even have a coach and has lost half its roster and doesn't have a good recruiting class. That, that's something that you've got to stop the bleeding, both the transfer portal and, and the recruiting classes. Right.
1: And I, I'm also curious with the hire, um, wh- whoever it may be and where they're coming from, um, and especially if they're currently a college coach, whether it be coordinator or head coach, if any of their players are going to want to follow them. I mean, we're, we're kind of witnessing something new here. Right. And it's, so it's like, are these coaches going to take their players with them? And uh, so... Uh, I don't really know where to go with it or what to expect. I know what I'd like to see. I'd like to see a good coach come in and settle things down and you know, get a get in touch with some of our players in the transfer portal and see if we can get them to stay here um and just keep building on what's already in front of them. But it's it's going to be really interesting to see and I'm just curious who Joe C said he has a list and we all trust Joe C. No doubt. I would really be curious to see who's on that list.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think that the short list right now, we kind of talked a little bit about it today. Uh, Luke Fickle on that list, head coach of Cincinnati. Uh, Danny Lanning down there the D.C. at Georgia on that list. Obviously, Brent Venerable's on that list. At Clemson's defensive coordinator, former Oklahoma Sooner defensive coordinator. Uh, and what was that fourth one, John, that we talked about?
2: Well, um, I'm not sure which fourth one we talked about but i do know that matt rule is on the short list oh yeah. new name yeah you wouldn't think right nfl coach right sitting uh-huh. nfl head coach but uh, this is a guy who's got some he's got some good history of building programs in uh, on the college level everybody likes his uh, mindset his toughness his east coast kind of no-nonsense football mindset former penn state linebacker so um if he's interested in getting back I, the way i understand it but what i'm hearing is if he were to want to get back into college, his first choice would be Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's first choice might be Luke Fickle. But uh, if not, I think uh, suddenly I, – I was I'll put it this way, Sam. I was told today – we'll break a little news right here on your podcast. I was told today that uh, Matt Rule would be on that short list. Wow. Well
0: well, if I had to – so I told you Luke Fickle would have been my first choice. Now I, I can change that, right, because Matt Rule would be my first choice <laughs> if he was on the table. Uh, what, that, what that dude did at Temple, what he's done, what he did at Baylor, uh, and uh, the, the man that he is, the coach that he is, the recruiter that he is, the uh, soundbite that he is, right, the human being that he is, all of it is, is approachable. All of it is uh, ready for, made for success. Like, you love this. That's a huge, huge name uh, to go on this coaching list for Oklahoma. If they can make that happen, then I think the dust settles almost immediately and the national conversation changes almost immediately as far as the Sooners are concerned. And I can't imagine uh, that all of a sudden that people in the Trans Reporter recruits that were with Oklahoma, everybody would have to kind of reconsider you know, some of the decisions that they've made.
1: Right. I'd, I'd be curious to see if Matt Rowe can bring, uh, is it Joe Cosby or Crosby is uh, offensive coordinator with
2: him? Oh, Joe Brady? Yeah, no, Great. we keep hearing... Mixed reports on Joe Brady, but um, I think he would be—he would be a guy that would be fast-tracked to a head coaching job if he came to Oklahoma and put up some Lincoln Riley type numbers. Right.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible news. All right. Well, John, as, go ahead.
2: As Matt Rule's offensive coordinator. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think uh, working for Matt Rule in Oklahoma that would be that would not be a long-term type thing necessarily. You no. Know, right. Matt Rule's bounced around a little bit, but boy, you talk about some instant gravitas. He
0: would certainly bring it. As uh, as far as the, I guess the next big thing for uh, Oklahoma fans as they kind of sit and hold their breath is Caleb Williams, correct? The uh, the Sooner starting quarterback, this uh, incredible young talent, this young man that saved the day in the OU Texas game becomes a Sooner legend in just a half of football has yet to really say a whole lot, right? And, and we all sit and wonder, is Caleb Williams going to follow Lincoln Riley out to USC, this is a, a coach that he had said at one point that if he had to walk on to university, he would to play for, right. uh, for Lincoln Riley. And so it kind of makes you think that he might follow suit and head that direction. At the same time, though, I got up this morning and tweeted this, and I mean it. You know, if Caleb Williams stays at, at OU, he becomes a living legend. He becomes a living legend that's currently active on the roster. And I can't imagine what that would mean as far as the fan support and NIL money for him right here in this state. I get it. It's not L.A., but he would be the biggest, by far, the biggest brand that they have on that football team. And you can't tell me that there wouldn't be some sort of uh, aggressive push by everybody at that university to make sure that kid's making as much money as possible. Like, he could do great things here uh, in Norman if he decided to stay.
2: Right. I agree.
1: I'm also 100%. curious about the NIL money. Uh, what If he does transfer, what happens to the Swab Dogs? Is that just end at the end of the season?
0: I don't know. how. I mean, I guess that just depends on their contract, right? Like, it just depends on what they say. If, if he's no longer a Sooner, you know, this contract is void or something like that. Or maybe it follows him out to California. Um, I, I, I have yet to have a Schwab dog yet. Is that, I mean, is that a national
2: thing? That's uh, not a national thing. No. Okay, okay. It's a,
0: it's a local thing.
2: From so, leaves if he leaves, that's a that's a uh, marketing opportunity for you. That's an endorsement opportunity for you to represent oh. Schwab.
0: Look, I, I like hot dogs. I'm in. Uh, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up to be the next guy at Schwab Dog. One you, thing, what you
2: have to worry, what you have to look for with Caleb Williams, though, guys, is he, instantly when Malachi Nelson decommitted the 2023 five star quarterback decommitted from Oklahoma. Uh, Caleb Williams liked on social media on Twitter his de- he liked his decommit message. And then he tweeted out, hashtag respect. So maybe it doesn't mean anything. Maybe it's two big dots that you can don't really have to, any, any choice but to connect them. Um, but we'll see. He's, he's a guy that, you know, the, the way I understand it, his, his family's still shopping for real estate in, in Oklahoma City area. So that's something that if he if he's interested in building a legacy, he likes the fans, he likes his experience at OU, he likes being a student at OU for now. Maybe he says, you know what, I can build this thing back. Don't worry about it. Uh, Lincoln's gone, but, you know, y'all still got me. Maybe he takes that mindset.
0: There's, a, there's still a football game to be played here for the Oklahoma Sooners, and obviously we'll find out after this weekend where they're going to be headed for a bowl game. They have no choice but to play it. Uh, there's been several players out there that have said that. You know, we still have a game to play. We still have a game to play. Thoughts on just, you know, obviously the coaching search, it is what it is. that This new coach won't be have any impact on uh, what's going to happen next for the sooner as far as this season is concerned. Thoughts on just what's left, right? If it's not going to be Caleb Williams and it's not Spencer Rattler, you've got a walk-on quarterback from Texas that looks like he's going to take uh, the helm. I mean, do you feel like there's any way to survive, John, the next month uh, without making the situation worse, unless it is a big time hire, right? A big time hire would kind of silence everybody here. But if they can't figure that out, and all of a sudden they have to get into the NFL, and this thing goes into the bowl season, uh, you know what? It, this can't be a positive for Oklahoma to end up in the Cheez It Bowl or the Alamo Bowl, and and in you know with a captain not at the uh, the helm of the ship would be a disaster. Yeah,
2: che- the Cheez It Bowl uh, against a bad team. And you get you, you don't have anybody on the roster. You don't have a quarterback, and you get beat forty-two to seven. Yikes. That's about as bad as it could get for Oklahoma. Um, and I, I think roster-wise, Sam, depth chart-wise, I think it could get worse before it gets better. But uh, that that goes to that speaks to the uh, the urgency with which Oklahoma needs to move the expediency in hiring a football coach. Uh, I think there's a very strong possibility. Sam, I heard today that there's a, there's there's people blocking off parking spaces, and better watch out. They might call an emergency regents meeting. You know, the meet the regents meet on Friday. Well, there's nothing stopping them from meeting before Friday. So, who knows, man? I, I do know that the regents are going to uh, recommend and approve the uh, three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for Bob Stoops as special associate assistant athletic director to Joe Sigleone. Right? Uh, he's he's going to get that bumped up for, I think it's a one-time payment to be the interim coach. So if they're hiring a coach, does that mean Bob Stoops is just going to coach the bowl game and walk away? Or, you know, is he going to stick around through uh, beyond February signing day? Is he just going to stick around? Is the new coach coming in just for the December signing day? You know what I mean? Right. There's, there's some, there's a lot of wires it's like diffusing a bomb. Joe Castiglione's got to figure out which wires to cut and which wires to reroute and which wires to strip, and he's got a lot to figure out in a short, short amount of time because the clock is ticking.
0: Well, if that's the guy that you have as leading your bomb squad, I think you're doing pretty well, right, as he is uh, uh, accustomed to the pressure that is the University of Oklahoma and that you know hasn't shied away from a, a, uh, a moment like this ever in his life. So. Uh, you already sit here on the anniversary of Bob Soup's hiring in, in 1998, and obviously he became a Sooner legend, and I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Joe C. plans on finding another one of those and uh, ASAP. So, I don't know. This story is absolutely incredible. It's still developing, uh, and we're going to keep you guys up to date on the Sam Mace podcast with what's going on. I think we're going to say goodbye to Mr. Hoover as he's got a lot of work to do uh, throughout the rest of the day keeping traps, to, uh, keeping tabs on this story. So, John, thank you so much for your time, buddy. I appreciate it.
2: You got it, Sam. We'll talk
0: to you soon. Yes, sir. Talk to you in the morning.
2: See you, Wes.
0: See ya. That was John Hoover with the Sports Illustrated All Sooners. He does an awesome job. And, you know, Wes, as we uh, wrap this thing up, you know, looking at – Lincoln Riley's decision, you know, I think is a lot of people are kind of blown away by it. And I was one of them. You know, the LSU thing made sense. You got 50 blue chips in your backyard. They're going to give you an ignorant amount of money. It's in the SEC already. It's an established brand. People win titles there. They've won two in the last 20 years, like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could could have sold myself, Lincoln Riley, to LSU. Right. Well, then the announcement is made and it's USC. And it's like, but wait, USC is in a – Dying Pac-12, they haven't been relevant in at least a decade. And I don't mean not relevant. I mean on life support not relevant uh, in that conference. There's just nothing about it that just jumps off the page outside of the amount of money they would be able to pay him. And there is a brand there that is recognizable, but I don't know that it's recognizable by a bunch of 16-, 17-, and 18-year-olds that aren't from California. You know what I mean? Like they know USC football, of course, but it's not like they've been good uh, in the, these kids' lifetimes, right? So it's like, right. why, would you, why would you do this? And I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, this dude, he's running away from Oklahoma, he's running away from the SEC, and what he's doing is making the best business decision for himself, right? He doesn't make the transition with Oklahoma to the SEC. He goes out to a USC school that needs his brand more than he needs theirs. They, he, they needed Lincoln Riley, to bring Malachi Nelson home and let him stay in California. They need Lincoln Riley's uh, Heisman Trophy winners. They need Lincoln Riley's record at Oklahoma. They need the, all that positivity surrounding this 30-something-year-old coach that is now you know, at, the, at, the, uh, at the helm of this, of this school where people all of a sudden are believing again. You know, USC's got a little more star power now because of Lincoln Riley. And so it makes sense that he, now there's no pressure. Like, they can't fire – this is their golden boy. They just went after him. They can't fire him after two years or three years. He's got an extended contract. He's got a bunch of money, and they are hoping and crossing their fingers and would do anything in their power to make sure he's got all the resources he needs to have success. Lincoln Riley basically took a deep breath and went on vacation with this compared to what Oklahoma was going to be like over the next couple of seasons, especially going into the SEC especially after the way that this season went. There's a lot of work to be done, and I feel like he ran from it. I feel like he ran from the responsibility of bringing this Sooner brand into the new conference.
1: Exactly. That's that's exactly what he did. I mean, he's, he'd been putting together everything that he needed. He had probably as realistically his best two shots as an easy path to a national championship that he was going to have in his tenure over the next one to two to three years right before we go to the SEC just because of what they built up and the path that they have in front of them. And now he's just going to have to start all over, which USC pulls great athletes. I mean, they're putting people in the NFL. They always get great. uh, The big Samoan linebackers. They've always got one of those. They've always got a five-star QB, right? They've always, I mean, they have probably, I think they have one or two five-star QBs right now on their roster. I mean, they've just, they always have those guys. So, I mean, if Lincoln could go in there and pull everything together, I mean, then that's probably part of why he wanted all those guys to come. I'm sure it was more than, hey, meet me at the airport at 6 a.m. I right. think there's been a whole lot of work go into that. but And I think you could see a little bit of it throughout the season in different positions with coaches that may or may not have been approached with it. But that may be a different thing. I mean, maybe it was just the overall underachieving this year. I mean, who knows? But... It's been interesting, to say the least.
0: I, uh, As a former Sooner, how do you feel about, you know, just, I mean, it's the disrespect, right? I mean, where, where's Absolutely. your head? Yeah, I mean, that's got to be infuriating, right? And
1: have you ever seen so many former players that may or may not be on social media just reaching out there the last few days? I mean, just everybody just feels so, you know, betrayed. I right. mean, if, if there would have been some inkling of, seeing it coming throughout the season, it would have been different, you know, but it's just so sudden. I mean, you lose, and was it maybe 16 hours after the game was over? Right. You're packing to go to California. I mean, that's just a whole different ballgame.
0: Yeah, it's uh, the story has been absolutely incredible, and uh, we are absolutely going to keep up with it and, and follow this thing through, obviously, as Oklahoma continues to search for their new head coach, um, crazy, crazy, crazy week. You know, no Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game this weekend, which is insane when you consider where this team started this week. Uh, a lot of uh, upset fans, a lot of uh, um, you know, just just anxiety in regards to what's going to happen next. And I feel like with each transfer portal announcement, uh, with each you know, decommitment, that it just gets worse and worse and worse. So hopefully, the uh, the sooner faithful will get a little reprieve here quickly as Joe C and those guys look for the next head coach. But what John Hoover said on this podcast today, you know, in regards to Matt rule being on that list uh, is pretty incredible. And, and if they can make that happen and get him from the NFL back into uh, the college game at the university of Oklahoma, it would be one of the, in my opinion, one of the biggest home run hires that they could have possibly asked for.
1: Absolutely. Especially if he can bring any of his staff. I mean, we all know those guys are in temporary positions. I mean, the offensive coordinator of that LSU championship team a couple years ago, he's on a different path than some offensive coordinators. Right. I mean, you don't put together one of the greatest offenses ever. I think it was the greatest offense ever. I mean, unbelievable. So if he can bring a guy like that just for a year or two, I think Caleb Williams, it was between us and him at one point, right? So he goes pro and decision gets a lot easier. Something like that may help out. I mean, even if it's for a short period of time, some of those players are only going to be here for a short period of time. But also, I mean, I, like I said earlier, I'm excited to see not only who the coach is going to be, but the transfer portal goes both ways.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's not just junior colleges anymore. And yeah. I mean, with a different you, coach that comes in, you can rebuild a program twice as fast. You don't have to go the JUCO route. You can pick up a player you missed on last year.
0: Yeah, it's just because this thing has happened uh, doesn't mean that Oklahoma is not going to be you know a top five team at the end of the season next year. Like they have the power and ability to do so. They get the right coach, draw the right attention. You know, there's a, uh, a the um, Fresno State quarterback I think just entered the transfer portal today. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of action happening right now. Oklahoma could be and and it seems bad now, but you know, I think here in in a few weeks there could be a completely different mindset going into next season, one that's filled with optimism. So I I would encourage everybody to maybe just breathe, relax. Let's let Joe see work and let's see what he can do. Let uh, obviously, Joe do what he does. Yeah, let Joe, and look, trust in Bob too. Bob Stoops on the road right now. Yeah. Like, how incredible of a resource is that for you to be able to just call him up and say, look. You know, we need you, and he, like Superman, you know, gets back on the podium and gives this incredible speech. You know, this this uh, run through a brick wall type of moment for him, uh, talking about his school, his university, how much he loves the Oklahoma Sooners. So, I I don't think that this is going to be catastrophic at the end of the day. I really don't. Yeah. I think that we will go into this spring with a lot of optimism in regards to Oklahoma football.
1: Right. I think worst case scenario, you might end up with like a four loss season next year. But it's like we just said. We've got great players on our roster now. They're in the transfer portal. They haven't signed anywhere yet, so they're still on this team. But there's a lot of other great players that can enter that transfer portal, and they may not do it now. Like, when did we get the guys from Tennessee? It was like over the summer, wasn't it? Right. So that transfer portal's open all year round. Right. And if players are leaving, scholarships are opening. So – I'm not too worried about getting the players on the field. We could be back in a top 5-10 program next year and it may be a completely different roster. You know, a lot of key spots can change hands.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Sims, thank you so much for your time, my friend. I appreciate it. And uh you will hear from Wes on this podcast pretty frequently. He's one of my closest friends. Uh, uh one of my uh one of my guys, one of my running buddies. So, yeah, man, we we have Dude. we have a pretty good good time on this podcast.
2: Oh, It's a blast. All
0: right, brother. Have a good one.
2: Thanks for having me.